Welcome to the Athlete Performance Education Podcast, where we aim to educate, empower, and excel athletes and coaches to the next level of performance. All right, guys, here we go. We are up to episode six. A little technical delay over the last day, just playing around with some audio. So hopefully it comes through pretty well, but we'll see how we go. So today, what I want to talk to you guys about is um, sleep. Uh, obviously, with the circumstances over the last twelve weeks, eight to twelve weeks, with um, you know lifestyle and people's uh, schedules and stuff changing, one of the things that we commonly see with with clients and the general pop and, and athletes alike is a shift in sleep patterns as a result of lifestyle changes. So, what I want to go over today is just kind of address um, and help you create some awareness about changes in your sleep and how that can affect your health, um, and then we'll sort of dive into some solutions. Um, and some little tasks you can do just to work out if it's something that you think you might need to benefit from. Um, in a nutshell, one of the simple concepts I, I talk about to help people understand the importance of sleep, and it, and it has got a lot of traction lately over the last couple of years through research and, and evidence that's coming out in the literature about the value of sleep um, and how it um, you know, is essentially a, a steroid for growth when we look at the impact um, re- reduction sleep has on, on the human body and its uh, physiology and the weight and the rate at which it can develop. When, when we, when we um, elicit good sleep patterns, we see a really rapid growth in those positive health areas. So the simplest way I explain to people is it's called the, the death theory or the death method and it's what will kill you first. So um, with the prevention or sorry, the if you think about the body not being uh, receiving these things, what will kill us first? So the first one is oxygen. The deprivation of oxygen, the human body has on average about three to five minutes um, where it can survive before the brain will start to deteriorate from a lack of oxygen. Now, obviously, there's some um, professional breathers and underwater swimmers and that sort of stuff that defy this to an extent, but the average physiology of someone will allow three to five minutes. The second one is water or hydration. So the human body can last about 72 hours, again, on average, on basic physiology, without the um, supply of, of water in the body system, or H2O. Funnily enough, the third one is actually sleep. So we can survive, I th- the record is about 10 days um, from a video gamer, uh, I believe in the States, um, who survived 10 days or 12 days without sleep. Um, but it's the health ramifications were... Um, horrendous so again we're around that 10 to 12 days for the deprivation of sleep before we will start to die from or we will you know begin the deterioration um, from health and then there's food that's about 100 days so there's different people that have gone up to 100 105 days without food and the body will use different forms of uh, gluconeogenesis and, and, and catabolic breakdowns to use proteins and fats as fuels off, off the body and essentially start to um, self-combust and eat itself to survive and that's what allows it to go for a long time. So sleep sort of sits in that third one of the priority and how I carry that over and to get you to think about it is when we're looking at how can we improve recovery, how can we improve training, um, how can we address what we do better? Well, the first one is obviously air quality. Now, we're lucky in Australia, where I'm from in the hills, we have fantastic air quality, really, really clear. If you're in international countries such as China or, or big cities and stuff, then the smoke factor can play, play a part. And we experienced that a little bit with the bushfires this year, um, but it's not something we have to focus on too much. We're really lucky to have um, good available oxygen to us. Um, 
The second one we look at is obviously hydration. It's talked about a lot. We know uh, we're looking at um, you know two to three liters a day for most athletes. We want to be more around that four to five liters. Um, and also making sure we're keeping up our, our um, salt levels and that sort of stuff as well. And then we look at sleep, okay? So most people will start to look at food before they look at sleep in this circumstance, and they'll look at food for recovery and that sort of thing. Now, by all means, we still want to do that, but what we have to understand from an importance factor in terms of what will help improve my physiology, my recovery, my performance, that sort of stuff, is in the priority system, it's actually sleep that will go next. So water simp- so air's done for us, oxygen's pretty much done for us, water's super simple, super available. The next one we can control is sleep, okay? So that's why it's really important that we get our sleep in order. So I just kind of wanted to draw upon that and create some framework around that. Now, moving more towards uh, what we're focusing on at the moment with people's change in lifestyles and stuff, is the first thing we need to do is we need to work out how well are we getting around that target time of sleep of six to eight hours for most adults. Obviously, eight hours is is more preferential or more more of a preference. So one thing I want you to think about, and I'm not going to go too much into the, the context of sleeping, too much of the science. There's other resources I'll recommend at the end for that. I want to give some really practical takeaways. So essentially, when, when we're sleeping, we have sleep cycles, and these compound on top of each other. And the average sleep cycle is about 90 minutes, and it's when we go from our light sleep into our deep sleep. And once we go through these cycles, they compound, and we start to go into more of a REM sleep or a dream sleep, which you might experience close to waking up. Now, at the end of every sleep cycle, there's actually a period where you actually awaken. And you might have experienced this in the past when, you, when, you, when you're sleeping and in the middle of the night, you wake and you feel quite awake and you don't feel lousy or lethargic or slow. And you might have only slept for three hours or, or nearabouts or five and a half hours. What you'll find is that generally happens at the end of a sleep cycle and around that 90 minute mark. So when we hit that six to eight hour time period, we're looking at sort of getting those, those five, five sleep cycles in four to five, maybe six sleep cycles, depending how much you're sleeping. So that's the first thing I want you to be mindful about. The more we can compound those sleep cycles, the better quality sleep we're starting to receive. And it works similar to to compound interest, where you're gonna start earning more recovery, more improvement, more sleep quality, as you get more cycles on top of each other. A little hack I use for that as well is when I'm napping, is we have to decide how long we're gonna nap for or how long we're gonna break our sleep down. So people who work shift work or different strategies and stuff, if you can break your sleeping down to 90 minute cycles and say, I'm gonna put 90 minutes down or 180 minutes down or something like that, you're gonna find you're gonna be able to turn around and make use of that sleep a little bit more effectively because of how you're allowing your body clock to function. So that's a really simple thing to focus on. Um, But again, we really wanna focus on the compounding of those sleep cycles and the accumulation um, of them on top of each other to get that improved quality of sleep. So once we understand that a little bit more, we have that education of sleeping, it sort of starts to create a bit more value behind it and um, allow us to benefit from it a little bit more. So the next thing I want to go into was just a bit of a discussion around sleep habits and reflecting on how we go about our sleep routine and what our sleep hygiene consists of. And what I want to do is I actually want to reverse this. So rather than thinking about your bedtime routine first, I'm actually going to think about what do you do when you wake up and what are the consequences of your sleep the night before? And then how do your daily actions um, act as a consequence of that sleep previously? And then how does that create the cycle for the bedtime routine? So a lot of the times when we're talking about sleep with people, we're looking at you know what strategies you're putting in place before you go to bed, you're using your phone, reading a book, watching TV, that sort of stuff. But what I want to think about is let's start in the morning. So we've woken up. We're either feeling great or feeling lousy. Now, if we're feeling lousy, it's where we start need to start addressing our sleep. If we're waking up every morning, we feel great. There's actually not much more you need to do to sleep. If you already find that you sleep well, you have great access to sleep, um, and you have a, a long sleep period, 
and you're, you're getting that six to eight hours, no issues, then we don't really need to change anything. You're not going to get anything more from enhancing that sleep hygiene per se. Um, once we get that ROI, it's the people that are, are greatly missing that, that six to eight hour of quality sleep time. And before I delve into this, one last thing I want to mention in terms of the, before I go into the habits is um, looking at your sleep opportunity. So I've mentioned the six to eight hour time slot a little bit. Sleep opportunity actually refers to the, the time in which you're giving your body the opportunity to sleep. So the research suggests that if we're providing nine hours of sleep opportunity, then we position ourselves in a better position to get that six to eight hours of actual sleep period. A lot of people will only allow six to eight hours sleep opportunity, and then as a result of that, they might only be getting five to seven hours of sleep. And that's where we see that sleep quality reduce. So really making sure we're focusing on providing a little bit extra sleep opportunity and understand that you're more likely going to reap the rewards of the sleeping benefits as a result of that. So when we're looking at sleep habits, okay, we've woken up in the morning, we're feeling lousy. We need to start thinking about how your actions in the day are going to set you up for the next sleep. We need to try and break that cycle. So after a lazy sleep, you might have coffee, this sort of stuff. You're going to be more likely to eat um, highly palatable foods, so our high refined sugar foods, processed foods, that sort of stuff, because that's what the body craves when it's sleep deprived, where they're going to function at a lower rate during the day. So our productivity is going to be a little bit lazier. We're going to be hard to interact with. We're going to create a little bit more emotional stress more, more than likely. And you can reflect on this in your own days when you've had that sleep deprivation, you've gone to work the next day, you've gone to school or something like that, and you just want to get through the day. And we create that sort of emotional stress throughout the day. And then we get to bed, we might feel, or so we get to the night, might feel a little bad, want to you know make ourselves feel a little bit better so we have some nice foods you know watch a movie make ourselves laugh and then we repeat that cycle and so the key is when we're trying to break these habits is we want to start in the morning so if we haven't quite nailed that sleep it's about how we set ourselves up so things like you know getting to a it might be you know a short block of mindfulness it might be understanding you've had that bad night's sleep but to break that cycle to get into the habit Set yourself up and go, okay, I need to make myself a really good breakfast, you know, some healthy fats, healthy proteins, um, healthy carbs, that sort of stuff to get yourself going to break that pattern before you get to bed that night and try to break the cycle then because by the time you get to bed and you're trying to improve that sleep hygiene, it's probably going to be a little bit too late. So then how do we go about justifying these changes throughout the day? And that's where it comes down to this simple task I want to talk about. And it's about understanding why sleep matters to you. So it's a really simple question. All you need to do is ask, you know, why is sleep important to me? And it's probably something you haven't asked. It's quite an autonomous behavior that we just go through a, a routine pattern and don't consciously pay a lot of attention to. But if you ask yourself that question, whether you're a sports player, athlete, general pop for your own health, all that sort of stuff, is, you know, if your occupation is important to you and you're not thriving in your occupation or your, your mood is changing rapidly and you're noticing mood swings and that sort of stuff, is a lot of this time, regardless if, it is just the sleep going on. There's probably other things at play as well, but if we can get that sleep in line, if it's something that's out of skew, it's going to have really good repercussions going forward. So asking yourself, why does sleep matter to you? And then the second question is, ask, what are the consequences of a bad night's sleep? Or what are the consequences? How does that affect you know, my mood, my happiness, my health? How does it affect the people around me, the relationships I'm building? How does it affect my productiveness at work? And if work is something that really gives you that meaning and purpose of a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast and who play sports and stuff are going to be task oriented. So if you're not able to complete that, and then we're going to keep feeding this pattern of this, of this sleep deprivation. So two key questions to ask yourself, why sleep matters to me and what are the consequences of me having a bad sleep? And then when we ask that, we create a little bit more reason behind the why on what we want to do about setting up for a good night's sleep. 
So we've talked a little bit about the importance of sleep. We've talked a little bit about some of the science and the importance of getting that six to eight hours. And we've discussed sort of some of those habits that are quite common that happen throughout the day, the morning and the night. And now we move to actually that sleep hygiene and things that are really important. So I've just got some quick fire facts and information um, that should help that you might just go, boom, that's it. I resonate with that. I'm going to add that into my, my sleep hygiene or my sleep routine. So the first one is darkness and coolness are your friends. So if you're scared of the boogeyman, that's cool. I get it. But we know through body, lots of body of evidence, and again, I'll give you some resources for this at the end, is the cool of the room within reason. So a couple degrees cooler um, than your normal room temperature, say you've got the heater on the lounge room, a couple degrees cooler than that. Um, again, it's going to depend on your climate and what your body's adapted to. And complete pitch blackness is going to set you up for a really comfortable place um, to develop, um, to, to allow the body to go to sleep. Another one that's a bit of a misconception that people don't understand is either a hot bath or a hot shower. And the reason why this is really good is because it helps excrete heat from the body and cool you down to sleep. The opposite thing happens when you have a cold shower. So you'll see lots of people will have cold showers in the morning that stimulates the nervous system and a few other things. It's actually generating the immune system to boost heat through the body and to warm up. And so when we're going to bed, we actually want to do the opposite. We want to excrete the heat from the body, allowing us to sleep easier. One that goes without saying is phones and electrical stimulation. And what we're looking at with that is we're looking at the blue light that's keeping the eyes um, stimulated. And we want to start to tone that down. So the simplest answer is get rid of all the electronics. But the reality is our habit behavior won't facilitate that. So what we need to look at is strategies. So the first one that I suggest is just trying to separate something from the last time you screens to when you get into bed. Particularly, it remains the biggest thing there is just removing the technology from the bed. So you might like to scroll in bed, you know, before you fall asleep. I get that. You know, we understand that when we're working with people, what we can do to improve that is do that, but then get out of bed, go to the toilet, brush your teeth, and then get into bed. And then that little five minute period might start to turn to a half an hour block where you're substituting that phone scrolling for reading. And then we start to shift that blue light activity to more of that natural light. Another strategy you can implement, it's not for everyone, it's not for the fashionistas out there. Um, I definitely haven't got it trending yet, but it's some simple blue light blockers. They're about $20 on Amazon, really easy to get. We'll send a link in the, in the bio for this. And they're just a really easy way, science looking goggles with a big sepia lens, just to block that out. And you'll notice, you put them on about an hour before bed, and you'll notice your activity in your eyes just settles down, and it sort of starts to set the process for that sleep to occur. So there are a couple of things you can include. There's other things like chamomile tea and stuff, which is going to help with the hormonal release um, in a very minor aspect um, towards preparing you for sleep. But the biggest ones are those habits and behaviors you're setting up. So once we understand a little bit of the science, you know, a couple of those things we've talked about, sort of temperature and light, reading and habits. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff that you can do as well. These are just some ideas, some take-homes, something you can apply. But the biggest thing is understanding why sleep is important how it works, so having a bit of an understanding of that six to eight hour sleep cycle, reflecting on your habits and asking yourself those questions. You know, why does sleep matter to me? You know, again, how does it relate back to my performance and, and my athletic and training goals or my career goals? And again, what are the consequences of a bad night's sleep? And that just adds value to you investing time into improving this. And then you can start looking at your strategies around your sleep hygiene, making sure your room's dark, making sure um, you're reducing that blue light exposure before bed um, and you're doing things that are relaxing you and settling down your nervous system and preparing you for sleep.
So, you know, it's a bit of a short one there, guys. Um, we covered a fair bit of stuff in there. So if you want some further resources that delve into these ideas a little bit more, it's really simple. I'll send you straight to um, the sleep scientist expert in the world, Matthew Walker. Um, he's got an excellent TED talk that goes for about 18 minutes that will pretty much tell you everything you need to know and more. If you want further, he's got a great book that summarizes all the latest research called Why We Sleep. And another one that's really resonated with me, it's a combination of the research sort of before Matthew Walker in the early 2000s is um, Take a Nap, Change Your Life. And that delves really nicely into that circadian rhythm and the sleep cycles and stuff that I mentioned earlier and understanding those 90-minute cycles and how you can sort of benefit from them and, and improve your ability to nap and regenerate and recover and, and maximize your sleep time. So check them out, guys. Again, any questions, feel free to contact us anytime. We'd love to go more into this health space as well as we help to educate and provide resources. So if there's any other topics, things like nutrition, um, we're going to go into some mindfulness and some um, mental health strategies and that sort of stuff as well as we branch across our four dimensions of health and also we'll delve into some of the social stuff as well. So yeah, hit us up, guys. If you're interested, info at athleteperformanceeducation.com. Uh, find more information about us on our website, www.athleteperformance.com education.com and a simple easy way to interact is dm us at instagram athlete performance underscore ed hopefully that's good guys any questions feedback sing out to us and we'll be in touch cheers